Welcome everyone to Balance Your Life Podcast. My name is Megan Farrell and I'm the host of this podcast and the creator of Balance by Megan. On this podcast, we talk about all things yoga, wellness, health, and spirituality with guests from around the world. So grab your crystals, grab your essential oils, and let's dive into it. Welcome back to another episode of Balance Your Life Podcast. My name is Megan Farrell and I am the host of this show and the creator of Balance by Megan, which is a platform designed to inspire and empower you to begin and maintain your yoga, health, and wellness journey. How is everybody doing? We are almost in November. So at the time this recording has gone out, did I say November? I meant December. What a year this has been. <laughs> it is, we are heading into December. It is the last day of November. And what is everybody's holidays looking like? I know for most of us, it's going to look a little different this year, but I hope you are making the most out of it. And yeah, I just, my heart goes out to anyone who is you know, really struggling right now with COVID and depending on when you, where you are listening to us from, Toronto just went on to its second major lockdown. So I know this is a difficult time for a lot of us, but I want you to know that there are people there for you. So even if it's, you know, even if it's just me, if you reach out to me, I'm happy to pop into your DMs. I'm happy to connect with you, say hi, and just wish you the very best holiday season that you can possibly have. And how crazy is it that we are heading into 2021? So hopefully things are changing. I don't think they'll ever go back to normal. I've talked about this before. I think we are in a (laughs) phase of this new normal that, you know, that phrase keeps going around. But uh, I, I really do think 2021 will be, you know, we'll be moving in a different direction. So that's just my little intro to this week. <laughs> I hope everyone has had an incredible weekend. And I am so excited for today's podcast episode. So you guys are in for such a treat. So today on the podcast, I am joined by Nicole Ablek ramke and Carrie Meyer. Nicole is a certified Soma yoga therapist and pain resolution therapist with a background in yoga and Pilates. Nicole believes that we have the power to heal ourselves from pain and suffering. She has had the privilege of watching her clients move from suffering to thriving through simply following the method she recommends to reduce or resolve pain. She lives in beautiful Toronto, Ontario, and Carrie is an IAYT certified Soma yoga therapist specializing in neuromuscular re-education. Carrie believes movement is medicine and that our time on this earth is an opportunity to release the tendencies that obstruct clear seeing and being. Together, they co-own www.resolvepainguru.com and digital.resolvepainguru.com, a yoga on-demand channel and online learning platform which bridges the best of yoga therapy, somatics, functional movement re-education, and mindfulness. 
On today's episode, we discuss what chronic pain actually is and why most of us have it or will experience it in our lives, how our bodies and mind have the ability to heal itself from pain and trauma given the right tools. We also discuss how we can reboot the brain's control of the body, what somatics is and why it's so beneficial to learn and know, as well as why they are so passionate about helping people live pain-free. So this is a longer podcast episode, but there is so, so much goodness jam-packed in the entire episode here. Pain is something that a lot of us, as Nicole and Carrie get into, we just learn to deal with, and it's not okay. It is not the way that we are supposed to live. And whether it's you, a family member, or somebody you know that is in chronic pain and they both get into what the definition of chronic pain actually is and I think you'll be surprised to learn that there's probably been a point in your life where you've been in chronic pain as well. So they give you tips and tricks to reduce chronic pain, to even know if you are in it, and what steps you can take to start to find relief from it. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, a quick word from our sponsors, my YouTube channel. So my YouTube channel has an abundance and a variety of guided meditations on there. There's fitness classes, there's slow yoga flows, there's vinyasa flows, there's gentle yoga and everything in between. It's for the modern day lifestyle and for those of you who want to practice your yoga and meditation practice on your time and from the comfort of your home. So make sure you use the link in the bio to subscribe to my channel and to practice, get get started, begin your journey. Or if you've already been starting your journey, then there's a lot of intermediate flows on there as well. And I know that you guys are going to love it. So go check it out. Without further ado, please welcome Nicole and Carrie from Resolve Pain Gurus to Balance Your Life podcast. Welcome to the show, Nicole and Carrie. I am so excited to have you on and to talk about all things, you know, pain, yoga, health, wellness, all of that good stuff. So welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. Perfect. And since I have both of you ladies, and at the time of this recording, we are still both in, or we are all still in lockdown. So you both are doing it from your own homes. Can we start with maybe Nicole, if you want to give a little bit of background of who you are and where in the world you are currently joining us from today. I'd love to. Thank you. So thank you so much for inviting us. Um, I live in Toronto, in uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and uh, I have been a yoga teacher in this environment for, um, oh gosh, a long time, well over 15 years or so. And uh, my, my original sort of coming into yoga uh, was all about, um, you know, it actually was, it was kind of a funny story because I have no idea why I became a yoga teacher. <laughs> and I went to my first yoga teacher training and for the first two months, I'm like, I'm an alien, I'm an alien, like I don't even know why I'm here. And then all of a sudden it was like snap and I was home. And, uh, and from that moment forward, I was very committed to the practice. And so I am here in, 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 in Scarborough. And so I had a studio here for many years. And then when I left that studio, I became, went into private practice to teaching people how to get out of pain and uh, working with people who had chronic pain uh, situations. And so then after, I now have a home practice here, but I'm also uh, in partnership with Carrie who lives in the Yukon and um, we have a, an online format to teach people how to get out of pain called the Resolve Pain Guru. 
Amazing. I have a selfish question for you because I grew up in Scarborough. Whereabouts in Scarborough was your studio? Uh, in Pickering, right at Altona and Highway 2. It's called I East lived Village. in Pickering. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was called East Village Yoga. I mean, that's going back a lot of years now, but you know, East Village Yoga. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I moved there when I was 12. So back in 2000 and this is my math skills coming out. Uh, 2002, 2003, I think. Um, so I, I grew up in Scarborough um, in the Rouge Hill, Gilwood area, moved to Pickering, yeah. which is crazy um, that you were there as well. And then currently right now, as we were talking before, I let you guys know, I'm like two hours north or two hours east of the city in a little town called Brighton and Carrie, the Yukon. We have to talk about this. Born and raised there. Give us a little background of who you are and uh, yeah, were you born and raised in the Yukon? Did you move there? How did this happen? Uh, we moved here about seven years ago. So interesting life experience, right? My husband and I were looking for some adventure and some change and we had always been curious about living a little bit farther north and what, of course, the beautiful expansiveness of the Yukon could bring and it's brought a lot of really interesting experiences and adventure and it's a really beautiful place. Yeah, when I moved up here, I had left Fernie, BC, which we lived in a beautiful mountain town in Fernie, and I had a private practice there. I had a little yoga studio there on my property, and um, at that time, I was uh, very much like Nicole. I was working with a lot of people in pain, really in a therapeutic approach, and that was lovely, and I moved up to the Yukon, and I thought, oh, I'm going to take a break. I thought, you know... I'm not going to do this yoga therapy thing anymore. I'm going to get a government job. I'm going to go back to working for the government. Um, it took me about six months and I realized, you know what, my heart and my soul is in this work. And I really am so passionate about helping people that I reestablished my business and it evolved from yoga therapy into um, really what it is now, which includes a huge component of somatic work, neuromuscular work and um, I feel very honored to be up here in the Yukon because uh, people just can't get enough of this work up here. Wow. Yeah. Those are both incredible stories. And I love that you both, I'm so curious how you both like found each other and created this online demand online platform class. So you have to let us know about that. But it's funny because, you know, a a lot of us, like my friends and I always joke around, you go into yoga teacher training for one thing, you're like, I'm going to like get more flexible and just deepen my own practice. And it's like this whole, like, you know, you start drinking the Kool-Aid and all of a sudden you're like, I got to tell more people about this. This changed my life. Uh, it's funny because I went into my yoga teacher training with the intention of teaching, but I always was like, <laughs> you're in the Yukon where it's cold. I'm a beach bum. I live for the ocean, the water, the sun. And I was like, I'm going to be one of those, like, live on a beach, do pretty yoga poses. And like, that's going to be my life. I'm going to be an Instagram yoga person. And it's like, it's become so much more than that. So I would love to know how you two found each other and what your kind of yoga teacher train, yoga teacher training journeys were like that led you to wanting to start, you know, Resolve Pain Guru platform. Um, so we, we actually met in Calgary. And I'm trying to remember the year, Carrie. It would have been 2010, something like that. And uh, we were both at a teacher training. So by this time, we both had, I think, 
I'm not sure over 200 or 500 hours or something. We were up there anyway in our in our teacher training. So I I, I came with a half the background, and uh, and this was this particular training was a was a therapeutic training. So we were already um, I was already slanting into um, into that sort of more subtle work, and so that's how we first met. And then and then over the years we just always we keep in touch. We compare cases and stuff like that. And then Carrie would always call me and go, hey, there's a new training coming up and blah, blah, blah. You want to go, right? There's something coming up and blah, blah, blah. You want to go? And, uh, and so we would end up flying to the same place to do these trainings. And then that's how we kind of developed our relationship. And we've been, you know, uh, fast friends ever since that, that time. And I'll let Carrie finish the story because she'll tell you the rest of it. Well, and it's just so ironic that we live, you know, across the country. But I think the thing that makes it so unique was we just have this passion, right? So we would call each other up and, and converse for hours about this stuff, right? And we just couldn't get enough because in our own, you know, in our own locations, there, there's other people, but maybe not with exactly the same level and foundation of training. So the understanding, the foundation of, wow, this stuff is really amazing. Um, we just couldn't get enough. So um, as, as the story goes, essentially I had spoke to Nicole about 10 months earlier and I said, Nicole, I said, I think we should go into a partnership. I think we should create this online entity. And Nicole was like, ah, well, you know, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm, life's good, my business is good. Like, don't need to take that on quite yet, I don't know. And Anyway, so she sat with it and we just kept doing our thing. I had my business in Whitehorse and she had her business in Toronto. And, and then I remember it was like a couple of weeks before Christmas in December, she calls me up and she's, I have something really important to talk to you about. And I'm like, well, what's that? I think we should go into partnership. <laughs> so funny. And I thought to myself, finally, finally. So we essentially started our business, um, I guess, what year was that now? It's been three years, 20, I believe. 20, 2018, we started Resolving Guru. Yeah. And leading up to that, we, we started, so we both did this therapeutic training together. And then, of course, we just unpacked cases like crazy, just unpacked cases, unpacked cases. So we were learning from each other constantly anyway, it, you know, just really increasing that, that knowledge level. And then, and then Carrie said, Hey, you know what? There's this really cool training coming up in Calgary. Meet me there. I'm like, okay. So off we go for a weekend to Calgary a few years ago. And then we get introduced to the somatic work because we were in a therapeutic world. And then we, then we sort of jumped into the, into the somatic world, which is not a yoga world. And we started really looking into that, into what somatics was all about. And then that led us to uh, going to Minnesota and doing training with the International Soma Yoga Institute, which, which is a brilliant 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 place to study and so you know by the time you, people ask us about our hours i don't know like there's thousands of them right <laughs> like we both of us have done thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of training in this work and then we developed this incredible niche of expertise and we were having such incredible success they carry getting people out of pain and really like getting them i mean i have cases of people who are in wheelchairs who went back to walking and and unloading the dishwasher and you know doing going back to their job and things like that I mean, really amazing cases we had and so we because we had such success we decided okay well we need to to put this platform a platform out there where, where people can find it instead of just having to be either in, in toronto or calgary or in or yukon we wanted to give people an opportunity to to, to heal 
That's amazing. Um, just for someone who's listening to this and they're like, I've heard that word before, or maybe I've never even heard that word. Can you explain a little bit of what like somatic therapy or training is? So someone was like, oh, okay, that makes more sense to me. Sure, this is Carrie here. Um, somatics is really the method of regaining the brain's control back over the muscles. Essentially, it's really the brain's way of learning. So when we get stuck in patterns of pain, uh, when we've been uh, moving through life in very repetitive ways, our muscles can get locked down and stuck in contraction. And it's not just individual muscles, but it's really these, these broad, broader reflexes in the body that um, somatics sort of identified as, you know, red light, green light, and trauma reflex. And we can talk more about that later if you want. But essentially, it's this, it's this broader understanding that the nervous system is continually in response to the ongoings of life and stress. And this habituation gets us battened down and battened down and battened down. And from a, a yoga model, we tend to think that we will resolve these things by stretching, but sometimes it's not, it's not effective. It, it, we actually first need to sort of do a system reboot. We need to reconnect the brain's control by starting to engage the brain with the muscles, contracting the muscles, slowly lengthening the muscles. So we use this technique in somatics called pendiculation and it's like we do a system reboot and then the muscles become functional. Then they're contracting and releasing better. And now we can move into our yoga practice and go, wow, that forward fold was easy and effortless. Wow, my walking, my running was, you know, really enjoyable. And the, the thing that we, I should probably point out with somatics is that, you know, the founder of somatics is a gentleman named Thomas Hanna. And his work was really, really brilliant. I mean, really brilliant. And it also is a brilliant blend with yoga, yoga therapy. And that's why in what we teach, we said, wow, we finally discovered the somatic piece after all these years of training. And it's just like, it's almost like the cherry on the top of the cake, but yet it really is the, the bottom layer. It's the foundation, right? Because without it, Sometimes we um, end up forcing or trying to fix something versus, versus getting to the very root of it, which is working with the brain and the nervous system. This is amazing. I'm so excited to dive more into this. It's one of the things that in my experience, people will come to the mat for, even if it's just, they're like, I'm, I'm coming to try yoga. I've heard it's good for me. And it's because they're in pain. On the flip side, I feel like a lot of people like, oh, I can't do yoga or I can't work out or I can't walk because I'm in so much pain. And there's, I'm, I'm sure you guys will explain it, but it's, you have to do these things to kind of get yourself out of pain. And a lot of it is mindset. And a lot of it is just this mind body connection that I think gets overlooked a lot. But from a personal standpoint, I'm just curious why did you guys get into somatics and like chronic pain? Did you, were you experiencing it yourself? Was there someone in your life who was in it and you knew you could help them? Or were you just like attracting these people and you're like, Hey, this is a really great niche. A, I'm really good at it. And B, people need it. And they're coming to us for it. Well, I would, I would like to answer that. This is Nicole here. Um, pretty much everybody has some form of chronic pain. <laughs> 
because chronic pain is any pain that's, that's more than six months old. So let's say, for example, you sprained your ankle and you, um, you have done everything you can. You've done the, you know, the, the laser therapy with the Cairo and you've done all the cool, the ice and so on, right? And now the swelling's all gone and you're, and six months, a year later, but your ankle's still sore and you can't, comp you don't have full range of motion on that ankle. Well, that would fall into the category of chronic pain. So, so the, the, the condition didn't go back to its optimal at the, from where you started, right? And so every body to the, some level has chronic pain. So when we got into our first therapeutic um, uh, yoga teacher training, we were already had recognized that we were, we were stiff in some ways and tight in other ways. And, you know, our bodies were, didn't move well on one side, but better on the other side. So we just, we already had this awareness because, you know, anybody that practices yoga knows their body really well. And you know those places, right, that don't quite move as well. And so when we got into, so we kind of had that idea about our bodies. And then we were interested in the therapeutic part because we knew with an aging population that there was going to be more need for this in the long term. So, there, you know, for me, it was partly a business decision as well. And then when we went to the training, it was amazing to discover how much pain we actually had in our bodies that we accepted as normal. And for me, that was like earth shattering because I had a, a bit of an ego going on, right? I was like, yeah, I could do my warrior. I could do this. I could do that. Right. And I'd push my warriors to the limit and I do all sorts of things like that in my yoga practice. And I kind of did that in my life too. And, uh, and realized that I was pushing beyond my limits. I was asking things that were not, were not there and not available, but I also wasn't diving into the why. And so when you start to work therapeutically, all of a sudden you start to kind of go, Oh, wow. And I'm sure you've done this in a yoga practice where you, where you take that moment of pause and go, I actually can't bend forward at all. My back hurts, but what's that really all about? Because we know all pain is spiritual in nature. And then that sort of, start, that sort of whole thing starts to unravel. And so that was my journey through the therapeutics was that, yeah, I came in with a curiosity and sort of had sort of a business idea of that's where the market was going to go, you know, more boomers and so on. But then as I began to explore my own body, I was like, wow, okay, <laughs> if I'm like this and I, I'm moving all the time, what are other people feeling like? And my initial, initial, initial sort of wanting to do this was having a studio for seven years. Having people come out doing real classes, I could see they were improved for sure. They were looking great and they were moving better. But they'd always say, oh yeah, but that's my bum shoulder on year four, five, six, seven. I'm like, what bum? Why do you have a bum shoulder? That doesn't make any sense. Because if you're moving well and doing all the right things, shouldn't that resolve? And so that was a question I had. And that's sort of the thing that kind of sparked me into going, okay, well, there's, 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 some, there's a market here and there's, there's something to this. And that's, that was kind of how I got into it. Carrie, would you love to expand on that? Is this, did you get into this, this line of work for the same reason? Or was there like a personal, like you were going through it or someone in your life was going through it? There's sort of two answers to that. I had, um, started to explore the therapeutics, uh, just like Nicole. And I found it, I mean, just like she was saying, I remember being in this training and I remember my teacher saying to me, you, you can't sit still. Like we were trying to do this, this restorative, for, for lack of a better word, this restorative practice. And I was like, no, 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 I can. And I kept fidgeting, you know, I kept fidgeting. And I remember this really, really strongly because it was kind of this like life-changing moment, you know, where she was like, you have tension and pain in your body. And I had always been very active. So you have to imagine I lived in the mountains, 
I downhill skied, I mountain biked, I hiked. I mean, was there anything I didn't do? I ran, I pretty much, you know, I was very, very, very lean, very muscular at the time. And my idea of movement was tight and fit. And it didn't at all occur to me that tight and fit could also mean tension and pain because the tight and fit superseded the tension and pain. So we were in this training and she, uh, our teacher was saying, you know, you just can't sit still. And it was, it was so blatantly obvious to her and probably everyone else in the room that I was uncomfortable because I had a lot of tension in my body, right? And I, I don't even know that I would even admit the word pain. And that's a big thing is that, is that we often become so complacent to what is going on. And this is, this is across the board is that when we're younger, more so than when we're older, we don't want to say, hey, I have pain because that almost admits defeat, right? And so we keep pushing and we keep pushing and we keep pushing. And the, and the therapy models out there, the yoga model, the physio, all the models are like, just keep going, just keep going. And I think that was the first time that I, I started to think, you know, there's got to be something more. There's got to be another approach. Like, is this really truly how we should be moving for longevity? So out of that training, number one, just like Nicole, I had so much awareness around, you know, what was really going on in my body and so many awarenesses about, I thought that I knew myself and I knew my body through yoga, right? Just through, through my general, my regular teacher training. And then I realized, wow, I just, it just took my awareness to this such a deeper level. And each time then I, I entered a training, I would go deeper and deeper and deeper. So that's sort of part A to answer your question. And then part B, it was like the universe just kind of said, Carrie, I think this is the direction you need to go because I remember a client coming to my studio and she called me first and she said, you know, I think I should come and work with you. Do you think you could help me? And I said, well, I don't know. <laughs> I said, first of all, I don't know. I just learned some stuff, you know? And she says, well, I said, well, what's, what's going on? She says, well, I have a whole lot of neck pain and upper back pain. I said, well, what happened? Well, I was trying to lift a washing machine down the stairs you know? And I just went, what? Like you were trying to lift a washing machine down the stairs. Now I think, you know, what do we really think that we can do and how do we treat our bodies and how many times are we unaware? Right? So long story short, I worked with her. She, she resolved what was going on. She learned a bunch of stuff. It was like, it was amazing. It was amazing. And I think that was, you know, these early experiences of working with clients were really understanding about how important the sense of getting in touch and interoception and really sensing and feeling, which um, as Nicole and I maybe share with you a little bit more, interoception is first and foremost. It is, it is the first aspect of self-healing and working with the model that we teach and we believe, you know, working with any embodiment practice. So. That's my, that's my story. <laughs> Amazing. I love both of your stories are incredible. And it's, there's, it's so funny because I feel like, especially in the Western world, we are extreme on both sides. We're very either 
active and fit and go, go, go. And we do all the things and we hike and we like, we, we never stop or we like to watch Netflix and binge watch. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that both of these extremes can lead to pain in either way. Like you can get pain by working out too much. It's funny because right now I'm experiencing more tightness than I normally would. Um, I've been getting a little bit more into strength training and I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm losing a little bit of my flexibility right now. And there's, there's so much to say, like you need both. You need the yin and the yang, right? We need to do some strengthening and we need to do some flexibility and people go one way or the other to the very, very extreme. I also feel like in the Western world that we're so conditioned and it's so easy. The moment we experience any sort of pain, we need a quick fix to fix it. For example, my husband, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, so anyone who's been listening for a while might know this, he blew out two discs in his back and very, very young, like he was 30 at the time, but he'd been like working out in the pipelines in Calgary. He's always been a very physical guy. And it was so scary easily how when he went to the doctor, she's like, here's some oxycodone. Like, didn't even bat an eyelash. She's like, oh, you're in pain. Here you go. And it's just, I don't know if it's because we feel like we don't have the time to do the natural remedies and do the natural ways of healing ourselves. Because I, like you guys, I very much believe that you can heal yourself naturally from anything, more or less, pretty much anything. But I think we're just so, so conditioned to want that quick fix. And I don't have time to do yoga for an hour every day. I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time to do these things. I just, I have this work meeting. I have to go here and maybe not right now because of COVID and everything, but (laughs) that that's where I think we are as far as the Western world. And maybe you guys can elaborate, or maybe you guys can say, yeah, this has been the case too as well. And like, how long would you say people start to see results when they work with you? So first of all, I just want to comment on on what you just said. I think fundamentally, we give our power away. Because you're right, the body can is can can heal itself if it's given the right the right tools to do that. And, you know, when we um, when we constantly function from this place of fear, so in other words, we, you know, we're we're constantly trying to, to, to follow a particular kind of diet, because we're fearful of putting on weight or getting into any toxins in our system or what have you, then, then that's a, that diet is based on fear. So there's no longer healthy for you, even though you're technically eating healthy food because the, the body is meant to, we are, we are beings of, of inherently our love and joy. That is our, our true nature. And we're perfect just as we are. And when we start to look outside of ourselves to look for that quick fix, then we're no longer staying in alignment with our true self and who we are. And we're losing that connection to source. And so when we, what, what we try to teach people when they come to work with us is that, first of all, it's like, um, and I, I always say this, is that um, I feel like when someone comes to us to work in pain, it's like somebody who has an addiction of some kind. They have to recognize they have an addiction first before they can get the treatment, right? Well, pain kind of works a lot in the same way. And, you know, we are, people come to tend, tend to come to us as a last resort because they've tried all the things that are covered by, by uh, medical insurance, right? And 
one of the first things that we start to teach people as they come in is we start to teach them how to, how to sense and feel because most folks actually aren't very good at that. And you probably, a lot of people will probably recognize this from when you first started doing yoga, you know, and you'd have to, if you went to a, they tend to like the faster classes because the slower classes were hard because it took too much time and you had to, you know, feel and breathe and all these sorts of things that felt very frustrating. And, and that's the, that, but that, those are missed opportunities. So when we when someone's coming in with pain, we, we need to teach them that basic skill. And then once they start to develop that skill, then in my, so I've been keep, keeping statistics now for 15 years. And basically I, I have an average of about uh, 50 to 90% change in pain. So towards resolution within six sessions. So six one hour sessions will, will take you to about take your pain down from 50% to 90%. And for some people, that's 100%. So, this, so the results are significant with the method that we've developed by, the, by blending the somatics that Carrie was talking about with the therapeutic yoga and all the, the beauty that yoga has to offer. And then we, and the, but, we, but we also added on another piece where there's, um, there's meditation practice and yoga nidras and things like that, but there's also this element of strengthening. Because what happens is when we, as soon as we start to get out of pain, we start to quickly go to activities that are, that we're used to. But the fact is you have to wean your body back up into function. And so we have, we've, we've, we've created um, movements and practices for people who have aches and pains in their body that they can do so well that they build their body's competency over, over time. So that whole process can take what, six weeks, you know, of course it depends on, on the client and the severity of the pain and not everybody can get out of pain. That's a really important thing to know, but they, However, what I will say is that I've never been in a situation where somebody didn't find some kind of shift. Amazing. I, I love that so much. And Carrie, did you want to add anything into that as well? I don't, I don't want to <laughs> leave you out of that. No, I think what Nicole said was, was really succinct and, and perfect. It's, it, it, I think the, the biggest message, I mean, the reason why our business is called Resolving Guru is not to say, oh, Nicole and Carrie are the, they're the, they're the bomb. It's nothing to do with us. It's we want people to understand and, and become empowered with learning some techniques that are so powerful to help people um, rebalance, reset, release that pain and just get back to the things that they love. And so it's like, you know, you're the guru, you're the guru, you're the guru is, is the message. And I, and, I, and I just, you know, I think that we can't say that enough. You know, as Nicole started, her first comment was we give our power away. Absolutely, we do. Um, unfortunately, the medical system just says, you know, let's just fix that symptom. And what we're saying is, you know what, let's go a little deeper. Let's, let's reconnect and get to the root. And once we reconnect with that deepest part of ourselves, that's where the potential lies. And that's what we see with our clients. Yes, I'm so excited about this. Nicole, I think it was something that you had said about pain. Pain is spiritual in nature. And can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Because it's something that I think First of all, if anyone's listening to this and it's triggering you a little bit, you're like, you don't know I'm in so much pain. We get it. I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard way more stories of pain and resolve the pain. I myself have heard, even in teacher training, you know, we had a lady who was in a horrific rock climbing accident, lost all her power to walk. She was bedridden and her doctors were like, this is kind of it. And 
she did not accept that. And she were, and she has full control of her body. Now she does Tai Chi. She does yoga. She's in her seventies. She's incredible. And a lot of it was mindset. A lot of it was just working with her body where it's at now and continuing to strengthen it and stretch it and do the mindset work behind it. And of course, I mean, she had some other physical therapy healing modalities, but it's, it, it's incredible what the body can do. And I, I would just love if you could expand a little bit more, explain a little bit more what you were meaning with uh, pain being spiritual in nature. Absolutely. The first thing I'd like to say and acknowledge is that, that pain is invisible. And there are a lot of people that suffer from pain and a great deal of pain that affects their ability to get up in the morning, to look after their kids, to, to do the activities that they love to work. And, um, and we don't, um, and it's hard for them. It's a, it's a hard place to be. And so we, we wanted to, re I think it's really important to acknowledge that because we, you know, if you kind of, if you go through Instagram or Facebook or whatever, you'll find there are a lot, a lot of groups of people who are just suffering. And so um, when, what I like to help people understand is this, in yoga philosophy, and this is, this will literally be like, you know, yoga philosophy in five minutes, 5,000 5, years in five minutes, we talk about something called the kleshas, and what the kleshas are outlining is the path to suffering. So it's, it's what we do in our experience to create suffering for ourselves. And the number one thing on that path is ignorance. We forget who we are. And we, we forget that we are part of a divine matrix. We are part of this divine energy. And that we are, we are our natures are inherently that of joy and love. So our, there, those are not emotions, those are states of being. And we come into this world to have experiences and to learn. But then what happens as we become, as we go through life, we have experiences that are put upon us or an accident or what have you that can cause a lot of trauma. And when trauma starts to settle into the system, that trauma settles in as uh, belief systems. You know, I'm I'm not a good person. I'm I'm you know I'm I shame and guilt and different things like that. And it also settles into the body because the body is is the barometer of the soul. And I think actually somebody wrote a book called The Barometer of the Soul. And so the body is expressing the way we've lived our lives, our belief systems, and um, the way people have treated us. And and experience that we've had and falling, you know, falling in a rock climbing accident, all of that is, it's a roadmap of every experience we've ever had. And, and as we attach to these belief systems and attach to, oh, I'm, I'm, I can't do that. I have a lot of pain or I'm not worthy of myself, right? I feel shame, a lot of shame. The more we attach those things, the more we suffer. And so when we start to come into a practice of yoga, what's yoga asking us to do? It's asking us to suddenly get quiet and be with ourselves, which is brand new to most people because we never spend any time with ourselves. We're so external with everything that we do. And so when you start to come into that, that being with yourself, this is why you know, so many people will tell you, oh, I had a yoga practice and I started to shake or started to cry because all of a sudden you're shaking loose all of this debris that you've been collecting over, over years of your life. And sometimes it can be other things. It can be you know, simultaneous lives and past lives and, you know, it's, it could be anything, right? And so when we come into practices where we have to, um, where we have to spend time with ourselves and in tarot set, which is this, and I'll, I'll let Carrie explain a lot more of that in a little bit, we, where, we, where we begin to sense and feel what's happening on the inside, then we can begin to shift because we have this constant, we're constantly plugged in to this divine wisdom. 
but there's so many layers and layers and layers of our, what I call our crapola, covering up the light of who we are. And we live and identify based on those layers. And that's the true suffering. And what I've seen and had experiences with, really cool experiences where I've worked with people who, I don't even work with people who do yoga. I work with regular folks who have known nothing about yoga. And I've had situations where somebody will be on, my, on the bed and say, oh, I can feel black soot leaving my arm, for example, right? Where she's clearing something. She has no idea what she's doing, but she's like, I'm just going to go with this. It's a little weird, but okay. And then all of a sudden, she'll be able to move her arm better or she'll feel better or she'll be out in the world and she notices she copes with things better. She's not triggered the same way because she's beginning to peel off the layers of untruths because you're not a bad person. You're not a, a fat person, a skinny person, a, you know, an angry person. You are beautiful. We're all beautiful. And so as we begin, come into these practices we, and we start to peel those layers away, we begin to realize and we begin to see who we truly are. And then we become more free. And so all when we are experiencing pain, it's almost like we're, we're not listening and spirit is trying to say to us, okay, knock, 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 you know, you're, you're not living your life the, to, to the best of your ability. You're not learning the lessons that you're here to learn. You're not acknowledging the lessons and then letting the, letting the grief go or the trauma go. And so that's, that's really how uh, I, I believe that what, really what pain is. Amazing. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more about it. It's like that saying to, you know, when you, <laughs> you hear something come up and you're like, oh yeah, like I've heard somebody else was talking about that and you go about your life and something else comes up and it's like every time the universe is like poke, 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 slaps you up against the head because it's like, you need to know this. It almost sounded like what you were, or you or Carrie were saying with regards to, it was like the universe was trying to tell me to work with people in chronic pain. Like sometimes it's that little whisper or like you'll feel it in your body. It's like, oh, I twinged my hip a little bit there. And you go on with life and then you wake up and you're like, wow, my hip is like really bothering me today. And then you wake up and you're in debilitating pain. And you're like, my God, like <laughs> what is going on here? You had mentioned something about the tarot self. And Carrie, is that something you would love, like to explain a little bit more and give a little bit of background into, into what Nicole was saying? About, about, sorry, could you clarify your question? Uh, the tarot self, I believe. I might be getting that totally in, wrong. Interception, interception. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, no problems. Interoception. So, so really interoception is this sort of the sixth sense of us being able to sense and feel more deeply into what's going on inside of our bodies. You know, one of the ways that, I mean, you're speaking to it actually by saying, you know, you get the poke, poke, poke from the universe, or maybe you're getting that message from your shoulder, you know, like maybe you're playing, I don't know, you're playing a sport and you, you know, you, you have some indication that what you're doing, maybe you're not doing it functionally, or maybe there's a message that's recurring in your body that's asking for you to pay attention. Right. And it starts pretty, pretty small. It starts as a whisper, but it gets louder and louder and bigger and bigger. And then eventually one day we go, oh my God, like my, my shoulder's frozen or I can't use it or I'm in a lot of pain. I think, you know, we, we can prevent those experiences from happening when we build the skill of interoception because we're learning how to get quiet and pay more attention. Ultimately, health and well-being now, particularly in the day and age that we're living in, and particularly if you think about this year, 
our nervous systems are in overdrive, right? We are being bombarded by, you know, more stress, more media, more instability than ever before. I mean, people are, are, people are really suffering. And what do we need? What do we need to do? What do we need to, to do to bring ourselves back home is we need to do some practices that are um, very nurturing and compassionate. We need to get quiet. We need to learn how to sense and feel in our bodies. Nicole just released this beautiful little um, video on our U screen channel. I just listened to it this morning because she's in Toronto. She records stuff and then she's like, oh, I posted something, you know, and it's this beautiful little practice. I think it's about eight minutes long and she's leading leading you through a little breath awareness, right? It's just getting quiet, starting to sense the, you know, the air moving through the nose. What does that feel like? How does that feel in the body? You know, how is that affecting your nervous system? Can you feel how you're starting to center and ground? Can you feel how your mind's getting quieter, right? All of these, all of this is a sense of building interoception. And as Nicole mentioned, you know, when we have pain, often the awareness is on that target area or on, you know, the area of pain. And we're not sensing, we're not coming back to the whole system. So fundamentally, this idea of building the sense of interoception, coming back home is the first thing we do when we're working with clients individually, or if you're, you know, watching perhaps a video on our channel, you're going to notice that we're always going to start with some sort of a scan of the body, some sort of a breath awareness. We're going to just get quiet and get in touch and facilitate that opening of the doorway to facilitate change. Awesome. I'm so glad you both brought up uh, breath awareness because it's something that I feel like <laughs> I've been screaming from the rooftops for the last little while is the idea. It sounds absolutely ridiculous that a lot of our population doesn't know, don't know how to breathe correctly. And even learning how to breathe correctly, I think can make a huge difference. Like so many of us are like chest breathers. And then we wonder why we're so tight in the shoulders and why we're feeling so much pain everywhere, but we're like hyperventilating hyperventilating half the time because we don't know to use, you know, that the belly and the rib cage and the whole torso to breathe. So if someone was coming to you and they were like, I have a bum shoulder, I have a tweaked knee, I have bad hips, whatever the case is, what is kind of the first thing? And you did say breathing a little bit, but what would be the first thing that you would get somebody to do to, I guess, acknowledge that their pain would you start with like the superficial and be like let's work on the hip or are you kind of prepping them to be like it might be a little bit more than just the hip being in pain if that makes sense um it's nicole so first thing we always have our clients do a body diagram before they arrive so that they're documenting what they sense and feel in their body. And I often ask my folks to give it a couple of days so that they, because the first time you fill it out, you remember everything that's top of your mind, but then it takes a couple of days to see it all. And it's surprising for them to, to see what, what actually shows up. And then when they come in for an appointment, um, we are looking at, uh, I'm assessing and Carrie is assessing some, some postural conditions. There's sort of three main ones that um, we're looking at. 
to see what's going on in their bodies. So what patterns are they holding on to in their bodies? And then in terms of the treatment that we're going to do, that treatment is so dependent on the person because if there's one thing uh, you know, that we know in yoga is you have to meet your, your student where they're at. So if I was to meet to working with somebody who is super type A personality, then I'm not going to have them lay down and do a breathing practice because they just can't do that, right? So we would have them do something, I'd have them do something a little bigger or what have you. So, so, the, so the, how we start is very dependent on, on the circumstance of where, of where we start. But the very first thing we're looking at, and, and folks can, can read about this, we have blogs and blogs and blogs of all this information. So, so they can find this stuff out on our website. There are three main reflexes that most bodies will have. So somebody can be very, very round shoulder. They can be very you know, chest forward. They can be kind of leaning to one side in their body. And so you tend to see those patterns show up in a body that a body, when a body shows up in pain. So if somebody comes in and says, well, I've got a really bad shoulder, we're, we're never going to actually go there for quite some time, right? Probably weeks, because we, knew, we know that the shoulder issue is the, is the symptom of a deeper rooted pattern. And so we go into that pattern. So potentially their abdominal muscles are not communicating well with the brain, which we call sensory motor amnesia. And so we go into reorganizing those muscles so that body that's rounded shoulder for, with rounded shoulders can begin to sit up more easily. So those muscles, in other words, let go instead of pulling them, yanking them forward. And a very common thing you can think about this is think about when you're in a car and you're driving and you're driving along and you feel your shoulders round forward and you're like, and you get to stop light, you're like, oh, I should sit up straight. You sit up straight and before the light even changes, you don't even realize it and you're back to, to rounding forward again. Well, the reason that's happening is sure there might be some weakness in the back muscles you know you can't argue that one but but think about it the other way that there's something pulling you forward the muscles can't stay long they can only stay short so every time you try to lengthen them they're going to go back to a short length because that's the way the brain has them chain, tra trained so in this first appointment we're looking for those kinds of patterns and then we'll begin to 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 introduce exercises that address those particular patterns. And all these exercises are on our YouTube channel and they're on our digital channel. And so we, we try to help them to address those patterns. And I wanted to mention a couple of things. Number one is um, we were talking about breathing. So the, the, each one of these patterns will affect the breathing because the diaphragm is the center of the body. And we're looking at, to, at how the muscles in the trunk are functioning that eventually that allow the movement of the head and the shoulders and the turning of the head from side to side and things like that. And so when, when you, we, want, we want to help people to breathe better, but the diaphragm being in the center of the body is being affected by all these, organ, all these muscles that are quite contracted. So when we go into the muscle, we start to release those muscles, retraining them into resetting their, their length. Then all of a sudden, breathing gets a little bit easier. So when someone has a really rounded pattern, for example, rounded shoulders, and they're quite collapsed, for them, their diaphragm is actually a little crunched up. And so if you try to work with them with breathing exercises, they only have a certain capacity in there because there's no space. But what if we were to let go of that pattern so they could actually sit up tall and then we began to work with breathing, all of a sudden that diaphragm has access to all of this movement that they wouldn't have had before. And then once you start to bring, allow all that movement to come in, core stability is organically arises from taking tension out of the trunk. It's, a, it's, it's as simple as that. I wanted to share with you an, a, a really cool example because it's, it's, it's that and, and, and as well. There's other reasons why. I have a client I've been working with and just saw today and um, uh, had a lot of trauma to the chest, surgical and, and fearful, um, you know, life 
events and end up having massive chest surgery. And then there was there were problems and then had to go into the chest a second time and what have you, and has not felt or breathed here in the chest for decades since that, that event. And today uh, breathed into the chest for the first time. And it was a very emotional experience. And what, ha what was happening was we were taking out an inherent pattern but also remember, we talked about all pain is spiritual, all tension is spiritual. His, something really bad had happened in his chest. And he'd been cracked open and sewn back together and cracked open again and sewn back together. And he lost trust and faith. And this individual really wanted, wants to be loved and felt that he wasn't getting the love that he wanted in his life, right? And love of self, that is, right? Because he has a very loving family and what have you, but love of self. And all of a sudden, today, it opened up. And he started to breathe. And then he got a vision of a hippopotamus, which means you have to clear something emotionally, right? And all of a sudden, he, he was able to move that breath into his chest. But, and, but that would not have happened if we hadn't first kind of gone into the system and taken out some of those inherent patterns that were stopping the breath from, the diaphragm from moving in the first place. And then once that we take that tension out, all of a sudden there's this expansiveness and space. And those patterns, those traumas can have space and room to, to leave. Wow, that just, it almost, it almost brings tears to your eyes just listening to somebody go through all of that. And it's, it's amazing. It, it's, it is amazing how the body responds to life events and how it really manifests in the body as different ways. I mean, it's not fun for somebody to experience that for years and years and years on end, but on the same token, it kind of, it's like you were saying, they're all little like symptoms of something more that's going on and something deeper that's going on. And sometimes a lot of us don't want to come face to face with that. And I think that what, that's what leads to a lot of prolonged chronic pain or maybe never getting better because it's just something that they can't or don't want to face in whatever capacity that is but that what an incredible story and I'm sure that was just something that it makes you like you're like this is why I do the work that I do because now this person has a whole different experience on life and they know that they can be out of pain and they know or you know even if they're on their way there maybe they're not quite out of pain yet but it's like when people are in so much chronic pain and they get to the point of I will literally do anything I just have to stop like any little bit is just like it it truly brings them back to life I think I would actually like to add that um uh, I, I for, for myself so you know I, obviously I have pain journey just like anyone else and and um you know I, I came from my journey started with abuse and then that abuse went through my whole life and i had behaviors and belief systems and blah blah, blah all around that and so in doing this work and and this uh, and I, I do this work religiously so i have a practice a daily practice in this and uh, even if it's like for five minutes or sometimes a little bit longer but it's a daily practice and and what that has done is it's, it's cleared and cleared and cleared and cleared and cleared. To, and now I'm in a place in my life where I experience happiness and joy. And, you know, I feel wonderful about my life. And I fully recognize that I had to have the experience that I had in the past. They were necessary. 
because had I not had them, I would not have learned the lessons that I've learned today to experience the joy I'm experiencing right now, or to be the teacher that I am right now and the healer that I am right now. So everything happens to us very specifically to teach us a lesson. And it's really important to recognize that and we to, to, to be able to, to be okay with, with going through the hard stuff and, and really looking at, okay, so what is it I'm supposed to learn here? What is it I'm not hearing or seeing or feeling that I, that I need to be feeling? Is that tapping in that becomes very, very important to begin to recognize the lessons? And lots of people will tell you, they can track it historically. Oh yeah, this happened when I was this age and then this age, this, I can see it was all heading me in this direction. You hear those stories all the time because people tap into their, or not realizing it's their intuition, but your intuition is always telling you it's always, always right. And so even with when I, we have folks on the table who have pain, they will have visions, they will have, you'll see animals. So today the totem animal was a hippopotamus, right? Every day there's, there's something or every, every patient that comes in rather that's on the bed, there's, there's something, there's a letting go that takes, that's taking place. And the more that we can begin to let go and trust in, in the unknown, then the more we can, we can, we can be able to heal. It's when we hang on and cling too much that we run into trouble, right? Yes. And I will get you, Carrie, to expand on that or add your own story if you want to. But I just wanted to say to someone too, I've talked about this lots of times on other people's podcasts. I've even talked about it on my podcast as well. Sometimes it seems like it's a never ending journey. <laughs> like you're never going to get to the end. But I want to say when you do surrender and when you do have those shifts, the healing process can happen exceptionally fast. Like to the point where you're like, I cannot believe it took me this much time to do this because I've healed myself so quickly. And going off of what you were saying, Nicole, I've talked about it before where I had experiences with sexual abuse and it actually manifested in my body as potential cervical cancer. And I could not, I really struggled throughout my teens with victim being a victim. And, you know, it's, Going into my yoga journey really helped me to, this triggers a lot of people, but almost, and this was a process, find some gratitude in that, you know, and there's different reasons why I have found it. But the moment I did do that and I really started to heal myself, I went from like, this is a real serious problem to within six months of going for a checkup to it, it's completely gone. And my doc, my doctor is still blown away by it, but he was like, like, I don't know how to explain this, but like, you are not an issue anymore. This is completely gone, you know? And I went for some follow-ups just to make sure, but every time it was like, nope, gone, gone, gone. Like, see you in a year, see you in two years. Now you don't have to see me anymore because you're not a specialist I, or I'm a specialist doctor. You don't have to see me anymore. But that went from a couple of years to hell to, I can't believe like I've totally healed myself. Carrie, did you have anything you wanted to add to that or, you know, give a, give your own story or a client story of healing? You know, I just, I just want to thank Nicole for sharing that story. I think there's so many poignant points <laughs> that she made about it. Um, and to add on to what you just said, Megan, I believe that there is a readiness <laughs> to create shift. And when we work with clients, some people come in and, you know, I can think of a client who's come in recently and said, you know, I just, I have had a lot of trauma in my life and I really want to clear this trauma. And I understand that 
the work that you share could help me do that. And I said, okay, that's great. You know, we'll facilitate um, the work and, and just allow that, um, that flow of that process to happen. Other people will come in and not have that same readiness, right? They, they know they want to create a shift, but it's small baby steps. And I think the message that I want to um, really get across to those that are listening is that it's the baby steps that instill trust in the process and trust in yourself that you can take that next step. Because if you hear the glorious story about the, the vision and the release and you think, oh my God, that just seems like so overwhelming. I don't want those people to be scared away from the work because the work could mean just you sitting and listening to a guided breathing practice and just doing that for eight minutes a day, just eight minutes a day, every day. And after seven days, you notice a fundamental shift. There's something that's different. And then that is what is empowering and says, all right, I'm now ready to add on something else. Now, maybe instead of doing just my breath practice, maybe I'm willing to try some of these funny movements that Nicole and Carrie teach, or you know what, maybe I'm going to start a little gratitude journal. I mean, there's so many ways. So I think, I think, I think I just want to instill the sense of is, is trust in your own readiness to start to take just one step forward, particularly for those people that Nicole mentioned, um, you know, that are on the forums that are, that are just feeling so overwhelmed, in pain, don't know what to do next. So my, you know, my um, recommendation is, you know, we have a lot of free information out there. I would love people to take advantage of that and then just take one, one little step. And as you're building that sense and in that interoception and connecting just a little bit more deeply with yourself, then, then just see what arises. As far as your free resources, if someone right now is listening to this and they're like, I'm in so much pain, I don't know what to do about it. Would you give... I know this is a little bit of a loaded question, but is there one free resource that you would give someone to start with and just be like, start here? Because I don't know if they might feel a little overwhelmed and be like, look at all these free resources. I don't even know where to begin. What would be one of them that you would say, do this one first and go from there? I would, I would say um, go to our, um, our, actually would probably do two things, but <laughs> go to our learn page on our website. And there is, and on the learn page, there is, um, a, a drop, it's a drop down. So you've got a couple of pages there and it takes you through six steps and you follow the six steps. And if you were to take those six steps and practice them for about a week, you probably would already begin to notice shifts. So that's a great place to start to begin to understand all these concepts that we've been talking about. This, the second thing is um, there is on our YouTube channel, there is a, um, there is an exercise called arch and flatten. And you could start practicing arch and flatten right away, sitting in a chair or laying down or laying in, on your side in your bed. And that would be probably another way to just kind of begin to explore uh, a little bit of movement to see, well, how does my body move and what can I do to help it to move better? Now, those are probably two of the sort of ways to get started. But if you go onto our digital channel, you can do a two week trial for free and try everything on there because we have all of it on there from guided breath to, to, to meditations, to yoga nidras, to 
somatic practices to strengthening practices for bodies that are in pain. So we've got it all put together, even, you know, by different categories. So if somebody has pelvic floor, we've got a whole pelvic floor program. You know, if you're trying to build core stability because your, your doctor's been telling you that's what you need to do, we have a whole program for that, right? So this is, so that's, but very, for, for sure, you know, starting on our learn page is a great place to get started. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. I will make sure that everybody is directed to your YouTube page after your website after so that they can check out uh, some of these resources that you lovely ladies have for them. I'm curious from a personal perspective, what does your daily practice look like? Nicole, you were saying you have a regular practice in which you're you do you know the spiritual work and the behind the scenes work i'm just curious what carrie and nicole do as part of their personal daily ritual or routine it's carrie here well um day to day it varies for me i um as i mentioned i live up in the yukon and for me one of my one of the most important practices for me is to be out in nature so whether it's walking with my dog or now that being that it's winter, whether it's going out for um, a fat bike ride or cross country ski, that's how I connect with myself and how I get quiet and how I calm my nervous system down. In terms of the Soma Yoga practices, what we teach, like Nicole said, I do a bit of that every single day. So if I get out of bed, I literally have my yoga mat at the foot of the bed on the carpet on the floor. So I usually get up in the morning and I will do some arch and flat and I'll do some diagonal arch and curl. I will set a clear intention for my day. So that's like five to 10 minutes, right? And then I go about my day and I drive into town and I see clients. And, and then sometimes at lunch, I have a, an hour break. And if I'm not working or doing um, like files and things at lunch, then I will often do my guided meditation then. So that's really important. The guided meditation is like 18 or 20 minutes. And then my evening might look, look like it might involve another dog walk or some sort of outdoor activity or it might not. And so for me, it's kind, it kind of flows with the day. And I know for me that works really well. But I think the one, the one thing that's really important is that consistency. When I don't do something daily, I don't feel balanced. I don't feel good. I feel really off. So that's kind of how my, that's my, my personal routine. And just to speak to something that you said earlier, Megan, you said you're a sun lover and a heat lover. If you can believe it, so am I. I live up in the Yukon and I tell you, I, I have a friend who said, why on earth are you moving to the Yukon? You hate the cold. So any chance I get outside of COVID, I would probably be in Costa Rica right now and not in the Yukon. So yeah, so just to know that's the other piece is that, you know, if there's another piece of therapy that I add to my day is that whenever it's a beautiful day and it's sunny, you're going to find me outside. I'm going to let that sun be shining on my face just because that is when I feel most at home. I would actually love to ask you because just because of where you currently live, we're going through winter here. I struggle a lot with seasonal affective disorder and I can imagine people up in the Yukon or anywhere in the you know territories, this is something that they probably experience a little bit even more often than, you know, someone say in Toronto, where 
I don't know what the weather difference is like, but it's not the Caribbean. So what, what are some things that you do to kind of combat, you know, season, seasonal affective disorder? If you, you know, if you or your clients struggle with that. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I, and I will say that living in a lower, um, latitude and then moving up here, it was a transition for me for sure. This year we did not change time. So we did not do, uh, we did not set our clocks back. So that was a big, so small. That, is, that is, had a huge effect. Uh, but two things, I mean, you hear about this all the time, getting a sad lamp. So I have a sad lamp that sits in my, uh, my clinic space. And when I come in, I'm usually, I arrive half an hour before I see clients. I turn that on. And while I'm just starting to do emails and things, I let that shine and I do my 15 minutes of that. And I can't recommend enough doing vitamin D, like getting to doing vitamin D every single day because that is huge. Those are the two things. The other thing that I do is making sure that I take like vitamin C, you know, the emergency packets that you just dissolve in water. There's so much good stuff in there. So keeping, keeping those vitamins up is something that definitely affects any type of health condition for, um, you know, just, just lack of sunlight. And then I think the other recipe up here you'll notice is that people really take advantage of their lunch hours. So, it, you know, so you're not staying inside working over lunch. If you have even half an hour, you're getting out for a walk and getting that daylight in. And that is, it's really magic. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I was just wondering what someone up in the territories would do because I know it's something that I struggle with and I know a lot of people struggle with and it's one of the things I always say I wish a Canadian government would come in and just get us one island just one Caribbean island <laughs> and Nicole what does your daily ritual or practice look like oh it's funny um I well one thing I want to add is um is uh Carrie and I have a dream and that dream is that we're going to be offering um, uh, retreats for people in pain so that you can come away for a week or two. And it is definitely going to be on a beach. <laughs> I guarantee you that. Okay. <laughs> uh, so my, my routine is uh, I have a, I have a very kind of rigid COVID routine now because I'm in Toronto. So we've had a fair amount of lockdown. And so every morning I wake up, I do um, a, a short, um, so my yoga practice is probably, you know, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes. It just kind of depends on how much time I have in the morning. And then immediately go into um, a guided meditation. And then I get up and kind of get on with my day. And then sometime in the, in the middle of the day, I'll often stop to do um, a yoga nidra of some kind or just kind of sit quietly for meditation. So for example, if I was about to teach a class or a client is supposed to about to come in, I would take, I usually take about 10, 15 minutes to ground or center myself. And then, um, and then I have Pilates equipment here. I'm a Pilates teacher, so I have reformer and stability chairs here in my basement. So that's my, my exercise um, for the day. And then I'm, I try to get out for a walk. Being in Toronto, you know, really, I really need to go for a walk between Monday and Friday because all the parks are full on the weekends because <laughs> of lockdown right now, you know. But so I'm trying to get out for a walk as often as I possibly can and, um, and get outside. So it's been gorgeous here, you know. But I, for me, I find that I have to... If I have to, I have to, um, I definitely am a body that can still have pain. And so, um, and so I'm on my reformer, I can do some great exercise, but I, I have to either prepare my body for that or afterwards do some, some of my soma yoga work to make sure and keep my muscles working, contracting, releasing efficiently 
so that I don't get myself into any kind of pain. And that works just great. So some yoga for me will always be a, a daily practice. Awesome. Awesome. And yeah, I did. I should have acknowledged too that I, Toronto is, we're not currently on lockdown where I am. I know Toronto went into one on Monday. And when I was living in the city during COVID, it was a same thing. You're like, you want to get outside, but I was in Pickering at the time. And just down the street was the lake, which I love. Like I loved in the summertime, walking down there, getting my son, seeing the water, even if it's not the ocean. And it was like, there's so many people at the time. You're like, eh, please don't breathe on me. Please don't, you know, don't come too close. And unfortunately in the city, like, I'm just going to call people out. There's a lot of people who just don't honor <laughs> what's going on or they just don't care. And it's, I know it's been a really tricky transition for a lot of people. And I know, even though I was saying with Carrie being the Yukon and the sun, I know a lot of people in the city, maybe even if they live in an apartment, they can't get outside and do what they would normally do anyways. And yes, we're going into the winter. So the sun really isn't a thing right now. Oh, I, we have been lucky ish. I, I consider anything under like 15 degrees Celsius too cold. Um, <laughs> but we have been quite lucky with the weather so far this year. Right. I feel like 2020 had to give us something to look forward to. <laughs> If I could just mention one thing with being in lockdown, um, you know, it's, it's, there's so many apartment dwellers and, and people in, in you know, multifamily uh, situations and so on. And it's, um, it's been incredibly challenging. And, and um, we, um, what, we, what we've got on our, on our site um, is our, our movement practices that are, um, they don't, they're not really yoga practices like in the traditional way people understand yoga, but they're, because they're so slow and they're slow, so interoceptive, they're incredibly powerful practices. It's like doing a deep, deep meditation, in, in moving meditation. And so I highly encourage folks, and you, know, you can find some of them on our YouTube channel as well. I'd highly encourage folks to just, just do something, like even five minutes a day, lock yourself in the bathroom, do it on the bathroom floor if that's what you need to do if your house is really crowded. But something to, to calm that nervous system down because as long as that nervous system is in overdrive, your immune system is depleting and you're more susceptible. So you want to do everything you possibly can to sustain a healthy nervous system, you know, calm that nervous system down so, you, so we can stay healthy. Yes. So we'll have to make sure everybody checks out your, your work, your YouTube channel. Um, that is the one thing that I keep hearing people, doctors, specialists saying over and over and over again is now is the time not to be compromising your immune system. You need to do what you can to improve it eat better find some sort of movement i know a lot of people in my opinion it's a lot of people who like go to the gym often they feel like they can't do something at home and i'm like you just you got to figure it out whether it's asking the kiddos to be quiet for 10 minutes while you do something get them to join you if you can like they can benefit as well from this you ask your spouse you go out for a walk if you can but movement meditation, I, I preach meditation all the time. I think it's something that not a lot of people do, or they feel like they can't do. And I think it's, it makes a world of difference, but it's, we really now more than ever need to be caring for ourselves and our immune system and that mind body 
soul connection, even if that sounds a little cheesy to you, it's, it's something we, that we need. Is there anything that I haven't addressed or asked of you ladies and you really want people to know about either pain management or a tip or trick that they can do at home? No, we're both good. Awesome. All right. Well, this has been a really fun conversation. Before we send everybody your way, I've never done this with two different screens before. So I feel like one of you ladies is going to have a little bit of an edge over the other, but we do something that's called the speed round or the bonus round. And it's five simple questions that we ask just to get to know you in a little bit more in a lighthearted way. And probably I'm going to ask one of you first and then the other one can answer after. So someone's going to have a few moments to think of their answer. But uh, if you guys are ready, I will uh, ask question one and Based on my screen, we'll go with Carrie first. Carrie, what is a podcast, book, or resource that has brought you value and you want to share with our audience? Uh, a book called Happiness is the Best Medicine. Ooh, do you know who that's by? Oh, Nicole, do you know the name of the author? <laughs> Blair is, a, is the author, isn't it? Yeah, remember. Blair Lewis, right? I think it's Blair Lewis. Yeah. Blair Lewis. Great, great, great book. And uh, he's a medical doctor. And it just, oh, it just covers so many of the things that we're talking about that are amazing for the nervous system. Meditation, alternate nostril breathing, um, intention, awareness, 61 point practice, all of these practices that really, as a medical doctor, he, he literally, like you were saying, Megan, he brought his clients in and he was saying, we need to teach you how to breathe. You need to learn how to breathe, right? And it was like, he was like, let's just get to the basics. And it is, it is a miraculous book. I recommend everybody read it. Amazing. Nicole, book, podcast, or resource that has brought you value? Book is Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani. Ooh, what's that about? Oh, she's quite an incredible story. She um, died of cancer full-on died of cancer, a young woman, and, um, and had a near-death experience, and then came back to life and, her can and, re and resolved her cancer. Wow. So died of cancer, right? Wow. And so she, and this is a beautiful story because she was medically tracked and tested before and after. So, so it's um, Wayne Dyer actually found her, asked her to write a book, and so it's called Dying to Be Me. So it's very interesting because you really have, it's a very simple read and I think everyone needs to read it to, so you can begin to understand. We talked about that connection to source and how we're part of this beautiful connection to source. And she really brings that home in a very easy to understand way. And then at the end, she answers questions that people have sent in. Phenomenal story. And it's all medically documented. So it's, it's brilliant. Ooh, amazing. Okay. I'll have to check both of those books out. I'm a book nerd, so I'll have to check those out. Okay, Carrie, who is your favorite influencer or person to look up to for inspiration? Oh, am I allowed to say my business partner? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm going to say Nicole because um, she's the most amazing human being, as you can tell by this beautiful podcast. But I, um, I feel really, really grateful. She's a soul sister. And that's one of the things that we haven't communicated is that, you know, how they say you have a sister from another mother. 
I'm going to say Nicole is that for me. And uh, truly being able to collaborate is just a real inspiration for me. So, so I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to, to work with such a beautiful human being. I love that. It's so nice. Nicole, do you yeah, want to say Carrie? I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> it inspires me so much that I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for Carrie. I would have never have gone, you know, endeavored to do what I'm doing today. And, uh, you know, we're, she's such an inspiration to me. And, you know, we, and we lift each other up because there are lots of days where, you know, we get on the phone and we'll go, hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm a really bad day today. Oh, you know, and we just we just lift each other up and balance each other out, and it's just amazing. So if you'll you'll see whatever we refer we refer to each other as pain geeks and soul sisters. I love it. Oh, it's so nice to have that connection with with someone that you're so close with. And I have a a friend of mine too. I met in my yoga teacher training, and it was just like it's like when you connect with that person, you're just like like, you know, you're like this, this person is my sister. This person is, you know, soul sister, best friend. And it just, it feels so organic and natural. And I love that you two are not only like business partners, but you both such inspirations to each other and to so many people, it sounds like as well. So I'm so inspired by both of you. Question number three is what are you grateful for today? And Carrie, I'll, uh, I'll let you do that one. Well, Megan, I'm going to say I'm grateful for the opportunity to be with you today and to um, share our passion for this work. You know, I have to admit that I always get a lot of nerves when, when, it, when it's, a, you know, when it's speaking to, um, to folks, whether it be on video or audio. And then I always have to remind myself that our inherent intention as um, teachers and as practitioners is to help other people, you know? And I, I always have to remind myself of that, that it's like, I have something to share, I have something to say, and I'm really passionate about it. And so I'm grateful and I absolutely love your enthusiasm. I think that, um, I think this is a really, really amazing gift um, of you connecting with people and sharing the information that we feel so strongly needs to get out to the world. Thank you so, so very much for that. It's, I always kind of jokingly say selfishly, I did this podcast for myself <laughs> because I like to listen to other people's stories. And I was just so blown away by how many different stories and people's experiences and journeys to coming to, I like, I say coming to yoga or coming to the mat, but you know, sometimes it was through meditation or through you know, fitness or exercise. And I don't care why people came to yoga or why you came to your health and wellness journey. I just, I hope it inspires somebody else who's maybe in the same position as you or is thinking about the same thing as you. And they're like, oh, if this person with crippling back pain did yoga and they found joy in their life, maybe that can be me as well. So thank you so much for that. Nicole, what are you grateful for today? I should be going first because Carrie keeps giving my answers. <laughs> I'm going to say exactly the same thing. I'm really grateful for this opportunity today. And I'll, I'll tell you why, because I believe, I fundamentally believe in world, that world peace is achievable. Mm-hmm. And the way it's achievable is one person at a time. As each one of us begins to heal, as each one of us starts to let go of our traumas, as each one of us begins to connect back and realign ourselves with source, which is, and the nature source is love and joy. 
And I know I found that in my life through my practices. And I, I want to help others do this exactly the same thing, you know, and to have the opportunity to, through you, Megan, to, to, to share our message is huge because, you know, Carrie and I are just two regular girls. Like we're just two regular folk, right? You know, drink too much wine sometimes on a Friday night and, you know, get, get, some, get lazy some days and super active other days and, you know, get down, have good days and bad days and that we lift each other up. But we're just regular people, but we have a passion and we really, really, really want to help people. We really want to help people in pain because they're just a missed, a, a whole segment of society that's missed and they're suffering. So for you to give us this opportunity has been amazing. I, I, I can't thank you enough. I'm so incredibly grateful. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to have you ladies on and it really makes a difference. I mean, I can visually see you via the computer right now and I can tell how passionate both of you are about this. And anybody who's listening, I know they can, they can hear it in your voices. And even if just one person listens to this and resonates with it, I, it, it makes a huge difference. And if it makes a difference for that one person, you know, I feel like, I feel like we've done our jobs, whether we're yoga teachers or meditation teachers or whatever. It's just, it, it's giving somebody back that gift of getting their life back. Okay. This is a fun one. And I'm so curious for both of you. What is your spirit animal? Mine is a dolphin. Mine too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've always said, like, I have been so, I know this is a question for you, but I have been so connected to dolphins, but I like, do you know, like, did you have a reading done? Do you feel just really drawn to them? I have had, um, uh, healers, shamans that I've worked with over the past so many times, um, be like, well, you know, there's a dolphin here and this dolphin needs you to know that you need to have more fun and play more and be more spontaneous and just be you. And, you know, and it's always this beautiful reminder because I can get, um, serious and, you know, just, you know, just get caught up in the how of the needing to do. And yet, um, if I think back to myself as a young child, I was always laying on the grass and daydreaming, looking up at the clouds and just, I, you know, very playful, spontaneous um, person. So when I find myself getting maybe a little too serious or overworking or feeling that stress, then I, I just, I, I just, I, I call in that, that energy, that dolphin energy and, and, um, and, and, and it helps me come back to myself. Ah, amazing. I'm, I had a psychic come on and I've always said dolphin just because I love them in the ocean and sun and all that beautiful stuff. But, um, I asked her that question and at the end she was like, and yours is a dolphin. I can tell that you're just very playful and there's a lot of like water element and energy. And I was like, I knew it, but I'm so grateful that you confirmed it with me. <laughs> so, oh, this is so exciting. Nicole, I'm so curious what your spirit animal is. Oh my God, mine's a dolphin too. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> the three of us are going somewhere tropical as soon as this COVID ends. <laughs> I'm not actually sure what my spirit animal is. I'm sure somebody probably told me, but I don't actually know. But I, I love hawks and I just... Ooh love the idea of floating in the air but I, but, but I but I dream snakes oh so, I'm not sure oh see you know what is so interesting as soon as you said I'm not sure 
my first instinct was to tell you, I think you're some sort of bird. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, and I'm not, I'm not any sort of, you know, intuitive psychic, but a hawk. Uh, that's so interesting though. I'm actually, if she's listening to this right now, I'm supposed to have someone come on to the podcast who does spirit animals and then animal totems. And we'll, you know, tell the difference between both because we can have like our spirit animal stays the same, but we can have animal totems come up repeatedly for us. And those are usually like signs or, you know, they mean something and we're supposed to embody that. I don't know the whole deal she does, but uh, it'd be interesting to have her come on and to say, like, I would love for her to be able to tell you the difference between the hawk and the snake and where those come into place for your life. My final question for you ladies is what is your favorite form of self-care to practice? Um, this is Carrie. Oh man, it's, that's, that's an unfair question. <laughs> I think, you know, it's, I think it's not what form, I think it is the practice. So, you know, when I think about the things, the things that I love to do, it's whatever makes me happy and allows me to feel good in the moment or out in nature. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm in Costa Rica where I love to be, it would be stand up paddleboarding, stand up paddleboarding on, you know, in the water. If it's here in the Yukon, you know, some days when the sun is shining, I just love to walk. Like right now it's, we have a lot of ton of snow. We've like over a foot and a half of snow. So it can be out walking on the crisp snow with my dog, being in nature. You know, sometimes it's taking a bath with Epsom salts. Sometimes it's doing my soma yoga practice. It's like, it's not that one supersedes the other. I think it's this continual process of reminding myself to keep coming back home, keep coming back home, keep coming back home, right? Like keep connecting with me. And that, that to me is the essence of self-care. And to think otherwise, to think that anything else in my life is more important than me is, is, is something that I think we have been led to believe that's wrong, right? Like ultimately we are the most important thing there is. And one of my spiritual teachers, would always make a joke and say, you know, what's the number one rule of spiritual practice or spiritual development? And that is that, you know, I'm the most important thing there is. Yeah. You can't fill up other people's cups without filling up your own. No, no. And, you know, being human, there are days where, you know, I feel less engaged to do those self-care things, or there's times that I make poor choices and I'm human. Mm -hmm. But then when I, when I do the practices that make me feel amazing, I'm like, oh yeah, like, of course. So it's a bit of a long explanation to your answer, but I think, um, I think it's the one that's, you know, is the most truthful for me. Yes. I love it. I, my self-care, if, <laughs> if anyone here watches my stories, I don't post it as much as I used to, but my morning routine is I have no kids and people keep telling me this will change when I, when <laughs> I choose to have children, but it's just, I live for it. And I do tell, like, sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's longer. It's as long as I want it to be. But if I don't do my self care, my husband is like, did you do your morning routine today? You seem a little stressed today. 
<laughs> and it's, it's true. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I know I'm a different person if I don't take even those five minutes to focus on my breathing in the morning. What is your self-care or what is your favorite form of self-care to practice, Nicole? I like here. I don't have a favorite form. And I, I and I want to just say one thing about self-care is that, um, you know, self-care could be going for massage, but then mm -hmm. as soon as you get out of the massage, you jump in your car and you get on your cell phone, you start having a conversation and you don't acknowledge what just happened mm -hmm. and, and sit with the experience. And so self-care needs not only about the doing, but it's also about the being. So if I, if I go to have a massage, then I'm going to make sure that when I, I, as I walk out of there, I'm looking up at the sky and feeling the, the wind on my face and I'm pausing for a moment to really take that in. Um, so, so for me, self-care is, is, is all when I, is that feeling of having just done something that I really enjoyed because there's always something like that in every day of my life, whether it's on my reformer, walking my dog, going to the forest, you know, or having that massage, but there's this joyful serenity that is the result. And then that, that can, to me, would fall into category of self-care. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more with you about that. I think it's something sometimes we put it on our to-do list and we're like, check, check, did my thing of self-care. And then we go on with our day and don't, you know, don't actually acknowledge that we've done self-care or it's just been a task to do in our to-do list. And like you both were saying, we're human. You know, I've fallen into that rut myself of, oh, it's like something I do, like wake up, do my self-care and then like, you know, hit the computer and do my work. And it's like, no, I actually really enjoy doing my self-care and I'm like, enjoy it, do it you know, don't, don't make it a task to do. So thank you both for sharing those answers. Those were amazing. I would love to send everybody to check out your platform. I know you have a, like a membership site. I know you have a YouTube channel. Feel free to promote yourself. You can promote yourselves individually or as a group, you know, your Resolve Pain Guru platforms. Sure. So we have, um, we have a few um, options. We have, we have a website, which we have learning resources on that website, resolvepainguru.com. And, um, and then we've got a YouTube channel where we, we post some exercises here and there. So there's free content on there and that's resolvepainguru.com or resolvepainguru. And then we have a digital site, um, which you can get right off of our website where we have put up all the body of our work together. So practices. So if you, you can come in there and if you have a lot of back pain, there's, a program for you if you have are working with um, a lot of issues with shoulders and neck tensions a program for you and so on so we've got this this whole whole plat body of work in a in a membership platform called digital.resolvepainguru.com and you can people can go on there and do a free trial and then decide if they like it or not and and um, and then we're constantly updating that 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 information and putting on new stuff and then also what's really important, I want to make sure people understand is that we also have, it's like, a, it's really like a, a hub for people who have pain. So you can move, you can breathe, and you can strengthen all in consideration of, of your body that that's, has a lot of tension or has a lot of pain or your nervous system that's really stressed. Amazing. I will make sure that this is linked in the show notes. So if anyone's driving or they just don't have access to it right now, they can just follow the link in the show notes to be connected with with you lovely ladies and your lovely platforms. Thank you both so much for coming on the show today. This has been amazing. Thank you for having us. We're so happy to be here.
Megan, it was awesome. I, I wanted to add one other way that you can follow us. If you are an Instagram follower, we are on Instagram. And what's lovely about that is that when we do have a new video release, um, you can hear about it there. We'll have little um, practices where you can join along and just do um, a little bit of breathing or a short movement practice there. So that's a nice way just to learn more about us if that's a platform that you're using. But yes, I just want to extend a huge thank you. I mean, how fun was this? And um, what a great opportunity just to share a little bit more. And um, if you ever have any questions at all, please reach out to us. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you give it a five-star rating and review. It takes two moments of your time and truly does make a difference in growing this community and showing support for the show. Make sure to stop by and say hi on social media, take a screenshot of this episode, tag our guest, tag me, and hashtag the show, hashtag BYL podcast. Share it out on your Instagram stories so that we can share it out on ours, and I will make sure to slide into your DMs to say hello. Until next Monday, everyone, I can't wait to see you then. Namaste.